Today's show is brought to you by Capilano Biotic Honey. Biotic Honey is 100% pure Australian honey that contains naturally occurring prebiotics. It's my favorite sweetener for tea, a key ingredient in my jalapeno lime margaritas, my secret to chewier cookies, and it's perfect for dressings or for drizzling over my morning yogurt. Best of all, Biotic helps support gut and digestive health with 340 milligrams of naturally occurring prebiotic oligosaccharides per serving. These prebiotics help nourish good gut bacteria, which is even more important for keeping us healthy during the winter months. You can grab your own Biotic Honey at Walmart and walmart.com starting at $9.98. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and I am thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much for dialing in. I am jumping in to this episode with a plan of action. I wanna tackle your biggest pain points. If you follow me on Instagram over at Fed and Fit, Pretty simple name. If you're listening to the podcast, you probably know the name. (laughs) Try to keep it simple across the board. If you follow me over there and you watch my stories, you saw recently I asked you a question. I wanted to know what has been your biggest healthy lifestyle pain point of this year? And the feedback that I got was wonderful. If you're listening and you did provide feedback, thank you very much for participating. It was very interesting, enlightening. And what we learned, we studied, we downloaded all of your wonderful responses. And thank you for being so candid and honest because it really helps us figure out. I mean, there's there's two... I, I respond to your feedback like that in two different ways. The first way, of course, is as a human being because a lot of your pain points are also my pain points and I feel them on a very personal level. And then I also respond to them from a business perspective because we at Fed and Fit, we are really working hard to make sure that we're helping to address those pain points and make life, maybe make light or provide new alternative solutions or a new light or a new perspective on some of these things that we keep running up against. And so that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today is we found that a lot of y'all's feedback fell into about five, roughly five different buckets of pain points with varying subtleties amongst all of your answers, but I think it's a great opportunity to tackle these five. And I'm not approaching this conversation as a, here are your answers, here are your solutions, because I don't I don't have all the answers and all the solutions, but what I can do is I can maybe provide some talking points around some of the feedback that you provided. And maybe, just maybe, it helps helps establish a slightly different perspective on something that's so perplexing because what I have learned in my own life is it's often those questions that I puzzle with and I puzzle some more. You think of the Grinch who stole Christmas? When I'm puzzling and puzzling some more, I have a hard time seeing the forest through the trees, so to speak. You know, we're lost so far in the trees that we have a hard time seeing things for what they really are anymore. And it's not to layer an analogy on top of an analogy, forgive me, but it, it also makes me think of that commercial where 
the girl is talking about how her head really hurts and her boyfriend or husband or whoever it is says, well, you have a nail in your head. And, and she says, it's not about the nail. And I absolutely get that. But I think that it can be really hard to see when we have a nail in our head or it's really hard to see the landscape of the forest when we're so lost in the trees. So maybe hopefully today's quick conversation can help provide a little perspective, a little bird's eye view on some of these really perplexing things that are that we as all, all as humans struggle with. So the first pain point, one of the biggest ones that came up was about time. And the subtleties herein were essentially how I don't have time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to be a mom. I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to do it all. And I absolutely understand that. One of the ones finding time, for example, to exercise and cook healthy. She said, right now it's one or the other. And I absolutely get that. And my response, I'm gonna come up with a couple responses to each of these, but I would say if you're having a hard time finding time to both exercise and cook really healthy, nourishing foods for yourself and for your family, my recommendation is what about batching your work? I have, for example, on a, in a slightly different note, when it comes to work, I mean, the, the to-do list is never ending and it's always growing, it's pages long, and it really it feels a little overwhelming sometimes. And it's almost as if I feel like I don't have time to do it all, because I don't. Nobody has time to do it all, right? Because if I sat down and I just ticked through my to-do list from start to finish, I would never get to the end of it, and I would miss entire categories. If I all I did was work on the blog, and I worked on blog content, brainstorming, photographing, testing recipes, writing posts, editing photos, so on and so forth, telling y'all what's on the blog, publishing it to social media, putting it up on Pinterest, you name it, all of the work and the grind that goes into having a food blog. If that, if I did everything I could to finish in, in its entirety my, the job that I have of being a blogger, I would never have time to then turn around and work on a book or turn around and work on some of my affiliate partnerships or turn around and, goodness, what else? Dream up uh, ways that we can improve our online program, right? Or dream up new ways that we can serve you that we're not currently doing or spend time on social media. There would be no time. And so instead, what I have to do is I have to batch my work. And I say, for example, on Mondays, I work on the blog. On Tuesdays, I work on the program. On Wednesdays, I record podcast episodes and so on and so forth. And sometimes it's broken up into buckets like that. Other days it's broken up into, I will spend two hours this morning answering emails and then I'm turning off my email and I'm gonna go jump into the recipe test kitchen and I'm gonna work on testing recipes and photographing if they turn out great right? And so the work is never done in all necessary, like it's not necessarily always done, but I'm able, because I'm able to batch, I'm able to touch all of those areas. And so it's a really drawn out analogy just to address. If you're finding a difficult time, finding time (laughs) for the different healthy living areas that you really want to focus on, personal care, 
eating well, cooking, exercising, know that it's not what maybe what we're doing is we're trying to see one to completion and instead of just touching on things as we go. Because maybe you got in a workout this morning because Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you said those are the days that make a whole lot of sense for me to go to the gym and work out. But because I did spend that time going to the gym and working out, I did not have time to cook. So I'm gonna have to pull out a freezer meal on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, right? Because you have batched and you've prioritized a workout on those days. And so therefore you can maybe downplay a little bit the cooking healthy for your family on that day. Or maybe it's still healthy, but it's not necessarily fresh. So I would say something like that. Also, I would I would encourage batching by week or by month. So and and implementing some safety nets. So maybe on Sundays, a lot of people like to meal prep on Sundays because they find that they don't have time. And I know this is gonna, I'm, I know that I'm preaching to the choir here, but they don't feel like they have time to cook throughout the week. And so they do a whole bunch of meal prepping on a Sunday. And then they eat that food throughout the week. Or maybe one Sunday, instead of meal prepping for the week, you challenge yourself Every time you do sit down to do some meal prepping, you make an extra casserole just for the freezer. And you put it in one of those tin containers and you seal it up and you write its name on there, Buffalo buffalo Chicken Casserole. The recipe is in our book. We have lots and lots of casserole recipes on the blog. And you seal it and you save it in the freezer for those days when you did work out, but you don't have time to cook, you've got that safety net built in. So those are some of my recommendations there. Someone else, for example, responded too much work and mom stuff to juggle and include time for taking care of me. Prioritizing is really hard. I absolutely get that. And my response to this as far as not having enough you know, time and how to prioritize is I would encourage you consider setting some rough, movable boundaries. And I know that boundaries is a really hard word when we're talking about family, especially when we have young kids because they will always come first. But what if at the end of the day, instead of the temptation to, let's say the kids go to bed, you've got them bathed, they're fed, and they're read to, and they're in bed, and everything's great, and you have, let's say, an hour and a half before you yourself go to sleep. What do you do with that time? Do you spend that time now hurriedly folding all the laundry and tidying up the house and helping you feel a little bit more rushed while you're not necessarily prepping your healthy breakfast for the next morning, something that's gonna really make you feel great, what are you spending that time on? And I would encourage, maybe a consideration is spending those evening hours or those or those early morning hours before the kids do wake up on yourself. Spend that time working out. Spend that time taking a relaxing bubble bath. Maybe you meditate, maybe you do some yoga. Maybe you just sit down and read a book. And I would say do that by setting some boundaries, like. After the kids go to sleep, I and these are personal internal boundaries, right? After the kids go to sleep, I do not open my computer. I do not look at my email. Email can wait. I do not start another load of laundry. I do not busy myself with another task that can wait for tomorrow. But what I cannot do tomorrow is I cannot read this book. That's not gonna happen. I cannot take a bath without worrying that someone's going to need me, right? And so I would take that time for that. Another one under time, making time to meal prep. We need easy peasy quick ideas for weekdays. Well, we did come up with a really, I thought, really wonderful, new, revolutionary concept for meal prep that folks really, really enjoyed this past January. It was called Cook Once, Eat All Week. 
And if you haven't heard, it was actually so wildly successful on the blog that we are writing a book for it now. And so that book will come out this spring. We're very excited about it. Um, you can stay tuned and, and get all that goodie, but we have four weeks worth of easy meal prep on the blog right now. And if you just Google fed and fit, cook once, eat all week, it should come up. Okay, one of the next pain points we received was about healthy eating. Someone wanted to know how do we fit in more veggies, eating enough in general and making sure that includes vegetables. This is a really great question. So for folks like this, you're having a hard time fitting in enough vegetables. What if instead of, if meal prepping on a Sunday and then maybe again on a Wednesday, so you've got food for every single day of the week, if that sounds, if that is way too labor intensive and it's just not practical for where you are right now, what if you rethought meal prep and instead of meal prepping all of your meals, you meal prepped your veggies, especially your green veggies. So what if you like to more fly by the seat of your pants when it comes to di getting dinner on the table? You like to go out to the deep freeze. This <laughs> is thinking of my own life. I go out to the deep freeze, I grab a protein that looks great, maybe that is a pork tenderloin, and I go inside and I'm gonna think I'm gonna pants, I'm gonna defrost this pork tenderloin, I'm gonna pan sear it, stick it in the oven, and then I'll probably serve it up with white rice because I always have white rice and I always have protein in the freezer. But what kind of vegetable do I serve it with? Well, if I meal prepped, my vegetables earlier in the week, those are already ready to go, then I can just easily take care of that. So for example, early in the week, I will buy three to four heads of dino kale and I will de-stim it, I'll wash it, dry it, de-stim it, roughly chop it and put it into a breathable bag in my refrigerator. And this way, I can just reach in there, grab a handful of greens and saute them in a pan on the stove and they're done before in, before the before the protein and the rice is done, right? Or spinach is another great option. Asparagus, right? When you're grocery shopping, try to load up your cart with all kinds of green vegetables or crunchy vegetables, thinking peppers, thinking Brussels sprouts, other cruciferous vegetables that you can just easily incorporate with your meals. I would say just try to keep that top of mind. Today's show is brought to you by Pride of Bristol Bay, where you can get truly sustainable, high-quality, nutritious Alaskan sockeye salmon delivered right to your door. Pride of Bristol Bay's wild salmon is sustainably harvested in the pristine waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. Their focus team of fishermen are committed to the highest quality and handling standards at the point of harvest, creating the unsurpassed quality and flavor you'll find in every one of their wild sockeye fillets and portions. Each case of their wild salmon is labeled with the name of Bristol Bay Fishing District in which the salmon was harvested. It's the ultimate in traceability. Boxes of supremely fresh frozen fillets and portions are of the highest quality salmon and they're delivered to your door skin on and already deboned. It's incredible. It's hands down the best salmon I've ever enjoyed. You can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay and support their important work by ordering your first box of frozen salmon, visiting their website over at prideofbristolbay.com. That's P-R-I-D-E-O-F-B-R-I-S-T-O-L-B-A-Y.com. Make sure you submit the discount code FEDANDFIT, all one word, lowercase, at checkout for $40 off. Again, that's FEDANDFIT for $40 off. Another healthy eating pain point, trying to eat enough calories from whole food sources. This is a really interesting point. If you're having a hard time really filling your plate with the, prim with the majority of your calories coming from real foods, 
I would strongly suggest you take a look at what the other foods are on your plate, but fats and proteins are especially important that they come from real food sources. For example, pastured meats, right? Grass-fed cows, pastured chicken, pastured pork, all of those are really great options to have from healthy sources on your plate. Another one would be healthy fruits, healthy fats like avocados, olives, uh, pomegranates, for example, are in season right now. That would be a really easy one to put on your plate. And those are all wonderful calories, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats that could come from real food sources. And then another healthy eating question was my work schedule changes. I prep meals, but I might be on the road, so I resort to bars. And my response to this is, you know what, that's okay. If you're on the road and the only option you have is a bar, that's all right. That really is okay. And I think sometimes we just need to know that it's okay or we need someone else to tell us, that's all right if you're having an RX bar or that's all right if you're having a perfect bar because it's better better a perfect bar than maybe the drive-through that you just passed that probably would have had some rancid oxidized oils that you know we boiled the french fries in or something like that and it's not the end of the world if you do have the french fries anyways but i i would just i would give yourself a break when you're on the road sometimes you just kind of have to survive it all right the third pain point would be snacking we got a lot of snacking pain points for example craving less healthy snacks because raw veggies just don't excite me and i hear you raw veggies do not excite me either i am not for example i always say that i am not a salad person because raw veggie salads you know when you just picture the classic sad salad that just doesn't sound exciting for me at all so what i want to remind you of is that snacks can be much more exciting than raw veggies i know when we think back to school times when we thought of a snack it was probably a carrot stick and a celery stick and maybe some peanut butter that you dip it in but a snack can actually be fruit. It can be leftovers, a very small serving of leftovers. It can be jerky, like Larissa's Kitchen, for example, is one of those jerky or dried meat snacks that I really enjoy. Stuff like that can be snacks that that's not crunchy raw vegetables. So if you really need a snack and you need the extra food, maybe think outside the box. Maybe have some pomegranates that you take to your already deseeded pomegranate seeds that you're able to take to your office and keep in a cup. And for a snack, instead of the veggies, you have a couple spoonfuls of those instead. And another one is senseless, senseless snacking while at work staring at the computer screen. I really get this one. And what I would encourage then is to, what if when you're ready to reach for that bowl of pretzels or whatever it is you tend to gravitate towards for your snack, that you feel is senseless, what if instead you got up and you made yourself a mug of herbal tea? And you did that in the morning. So when you're ready for your mid-morning snack because you're just, you want something to busy yourself with, what if you made yourself a caffeine-free mug of herbal tea? You boiled some water, you can just microwave a mug with water, right? And you put a pouch of traditional medicinals herbal tea in there, like the ginger tea is one of my favorites from them. And that became your mid-morning routine. And then in the afternoon, instead of senseless snacking between lunch and before you go home from work, what if you, when you craved a snack at that point in time, what if instead you poured yourself a glass of sparkling water? That's what I personally do. So I would say just try to swap in alternatives that you would feel great about. Okay, and then the fourth pain point that we received a lot of feedback on was consistency. And it was really interesting to me because a lot of people said something very similar to this. They said, 
taking action and having consistency. I know what I need to do, go for a walk, meal prep, etc., but I don't do it. And I get this on such a deep level. I really, really do. We, a lot of us, probably a lot of us listening to this show right now can really identify with this. We know what we need to do. I know what foods to eat. I know what foods to avoid. I know that I need to move my body in a certain way. I know I need to drink water. I know I need to maybe not be on my computer so late at night. Maybe I need to get better sleep, so on and so forth, but we don't do it. We know better, but we don't do better. And I think part of the rub here and part of the reason we don't actually do it is because when we are looking at, at doing what we would consider to be the right thing, I think that, that that decision to move forward is encumbered by the fact that we it's the guilt that we have not been doing it so far. And then we also, maybe we're a little bit, it's all or nothing. Right, so if we're gonna start working out, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go work out tomorrow morning and I'm gonna go ahead and have my best breakfast. I'm gonna have kale, lemony kale for breakfast and some uh, seared sausage and maybe a baked sweet potato. That's my best breakfast and maybe a piece of fruit. I'm gonna do that tomorrow morning, but we don't think I'm going to do that tomorrow morning and then and then just let life roll. We probably think tomorrow morning is the morning I'm gonna do it for every morning for the rest of my life. Tomorrow morning, life begins again. I'm going to do the thing. And then when we do that thing, then we drink the water. And then when we drink all the water we need during the day, then we avoid our computer screen at night. And then when we avoid our computer screen at night, then we follow the best sleep practices and we feel great and we're finally doing the healthy lifestyle thing. But until, but right when one of those things does not go as planned, maybe we get in our car and we're headed to our workout and we get stuck in traffic and we miss our workout, right? If you miss your workout, are you still gonna go home and are you gonna have that healthy breakfast or instead are you gonna pull and do drive through Chick-fil-A and have one of their biscuits for breakfast? Which is fine, I don't wanna shame that. But like, what are you gonna do in that situation? And I think that the people, myself included, those of us who struggle with consistency and struggle with applying healthy lifestyle decisions is because we're very much all or nothing. And I, I, what I want us, myself included, to remember is that, you know what, it's okay. If at the end of the week we look back and we think, well, I ate well for the most part, four out of the five weekdays, I worked out twice, and even though I wanted to work out four times, I still did go twice. I want us to be okay with moderate success. It doesn't, we don't have to have an A++ on healthy living in order to do it at all. So I'm just kind of talking around the issue right now, but I hope something around there resonates with those of you listening that this, you, you identify with this as a pain point. And then I would also say, instead of looking at it and thinking tomorrow is the morning that I work out and I'll look back on this moment as that was the day that I started working out every day for five years or whatever it is, right? Because I know how our brains work. What if we just look at it and we say, we're going to do it for one week, for one week. What if we, we take the fruit, we put it on a lower limb, we make it a little bit easier to grasp and we say for one week week. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do the things that I know I need to do. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to meal prep for one single week because I can do anything for seven days. And so we do that and then we reassess and then maybe we do it for one more week, but we don't jump in and think 2019 is the, is the year that I always meal prep and that I always go for daily walks and that I always work out and I always do all these things. So I would say let's set our sights more 
in, in a more micro sense on, on how we're tackling stuff. And then another person said being consistent in healthy food choices. And I would say, I would definitely, again, very similar, but I would say no adopt a, I'm doing my best mindset not necessarily um, I'm perfect at this. The people who I think struggle with consistency are the people who there were perfectionists and the the baby's out with the bathwater as soon as something goes awry, right? And so I would just encourage those of us to adopt instead a different mindset around I'm doing my best and that is my best just looks like this this week, right? And give ourselves a break, pat ourselves on the back, set I would say set smaller goals. Okay, and then the last pain point that we received, major pain point that we received that we're gonna talk about today is all about sugar, sugar, sugar. So one of them, for example, submitted sugar cravings after you eat a meal. Ooh, I get this. I'm a dessert person, and there's something about finishing a meal that I'm ready for my dessert. And something that those of us who feel that way can do is we can start buying some really high quality dark chocolate. Dark chocolate has this amazing ability when we have maybe a square or two. If you get, I'm talking 80%, 80% or higher of dark chocolate. So it's not gonna be super sweet, but it is going to taste very strong and there's a good chance we're not gonna wanna eat the whole bar because it is very strong, is if you have a square of dark chocolate and then maybe an herbal tea, after your meal, you have established a new routine after the meal because yes, you might be sugar addicted, you know, metabolically your body's like, all right, I'm ready for my sugar hit after a meal, but we can change the behavior first and then our body and our our addiction, so to speak, will follow. So what if we replace that after after meal dessert with, like I said, a square of dark chocolate And if that's just not enough, then you also make yourself an herbal tea. Maybe it's a ginger tea. And after your dinner, you're like, all right, it's dessert time. I'm ready for my herbal tea and my square of dark chocolate. And that becomes kind of the new normal. So I would would substitute with something like that. Another one, if you experience headaches, dizziness between meals, she says, AKA my body is craving sugar, AKA I'm hungry. And ding, ding, ding on the last one. If you have headaches and dizziness between meals, and you think that you are hungry and you're interpreting that as your body just needs sugar, there's a really good chance that you just need to be eating larger servings at your meal. So I would say up the protein and the fat content at your meal. Maybe put a quarter or a half of an avocado on your plate or maybe an extra slice of whatever protein you're having or an extra egg if you eat eggs. Um, And then outside of that, I would say also make sure that you're having some sort of a starchy, vegetable or starch of some sort like rice or polenta or quinoa, whatever floats your boat, at least one serving a day. And that will kind of help kind of even out some of those cravings. Sure, yes, you may be addicted to sugar also, but you can help circumvent that sugar addiction as your body gets over it by making sure that you have enough really good healthy foods on your plate during mealtime. And then the last one subcategory here is recurrent sugar addiction. And I just want to, for those of you listening and you're we're smack in the middle of holidays, we're eating lots of cookies and pies and cocktails and all the good things. And it's all wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I really love it. Know that coming off of sugar, like we probably will do after this season is over, 
It's gonna stink, it does, because we're probably gonna be hangry, we're gonna be irritable, but this too shall pass, and if you really stick to trying to not have super sugary desserts every day, because you might be doing that right now, let's say come January, you're going to feel better after five to 10 days. So just know that this will pass. Coming off sugar stinks, but you can absolutely do it. Alrighty, folks. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for dialing in. As always, you can find a full transcript over at fedandfit.com. And as always, we'll be back again next week. <laughs>